Oh my God, it's a victory Monday. I'd forgotten what it feels like. Andy Herman here to talk some football after a big win for the Green Bay. Okay, well, I don't know about a big win, but a win. And it's been a while, so it's nice. It's nice, Andy, to be talking about a victory. I understand the Bears are not a very good team, but they're still the Bears, and I'll take it. I will take a Bears victory every single year. If you tell me that the Packers went 2-15, and 15, I'll take those two victories against the Chicago Bears. Please and thank you. Uh, so we'll never apologize for that. Even in a tough season, give me those two wins against the Chicago Bears. A hundred percent. No doubt about it. Um, let's, let's start on the defensive side of the ball this week because it really did feel like the snowball was about to start f- like rolling downhill after that Justin Fields touchdown run. I, I, it just They didn't really do a great job in that opening sequence though they did limit them to a field goal and then fields comes out and rips off that big td run and it, i got to admit for myself it felt like oh boy here we go but i mean this is a chicago team with fields at quarterback that has racked up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points against the last five or so opponents that he's faced with you know fields at quarterback joe barry at least righted the ship somewhat i'm not saying he pitched a good game or anything close to that but I was impressed at how they were able to kind of settle down a bit and at least limit what the Bears were able to do from there on out. Yeah, I agree. And I know that you're uh, everyone on the Packers is obviously extremely well-paid professionals and you don't get any ribbons or cookies for not quitting on a season. <laughs> but um, Although you should. You absolutely maybe you should. should. Maybe, you know what? Maybe there should be more. Put it in their locker, 100%. But, but um, this is a... This is a team that was sitting at what four and eight and not a good football team. And the season has gone every wrong way possible. And you're down double digits to the bears on two separate occasions on the road, windy, cold conditions. And guess what's awaiting you after this game, the nice cozy comforts of your home. (laughs) And finally a bye week this team could have quit on multiple occasions in this game. And like it, not necessarily again, not, not would have maybe been understandable. Like, I don't think it's ever like necessarily understandable, but like we've seen it happen to other teams. Oh my goodness. Yes. Very much so. And they didn't. And they kept fighting through this game as they have all season. Matt LaFleur, although it's kind of become a little bit broken record-ish at times, has continued to praise his team's effort through every single game, never quitting. And we saw that in this game. And I think we saw it from the defense, as you're mentioning. Things did not go according to plan to start with. They get a free rusher in Keyshawn Nixon coming right at uh, Justin Fields on that play. Fields makes a ridiculous moves on, move on him, cuts inside. The rest was history. It's 10-0 Bears. And as you said, it's like, here we go again. It's going to be a long day in Chicago. And instead, um, I thought overall, not a perfect game plan, but I think playing uh, every snap on defense or on pass defense in zone, only the second time any team's done that this season to make sure that all eyes were on Justin Fields, probably the one player for Chicago who could actually beat you in this game um, was pretty smart. He didn't really scramble much the rest of the day. Not sure how much his you know injuries played a part in that, but right. they got out of Chicago with a win. And at times it did not look like it was going to be the case and kudos to them for fighting through it it was interesting to watch the kind of journey that Jair Alexander went on in this game uh look I I the second big throw that he gives up to me that like I get it because he's literally not ready for the snap and we've heard this before with this team about the necessary kind of uh jolt that they need the, the idea of get out of the huddle and get lined up something that Matt alluded to weeks ago and on that second play in particular, you see Jair looking in going, what's the call? I what the blah, blah, blah. 
and then the snap is off, and he's basically guessing, trying to jump that route, and then obviously gets beat deep. But on the first one to EQ, I do wonder if that's a case of Jair maybe being a little overconfident and or not like taking it for granted. But the fact that Mooney is down on IR and you look at that wide receiver core, it's not like there's anybody there that's going to really scare you as a defender. You want to obviously play straight up and you want to win the rep, whatever that rep may be. But I do wonder if like EQ just got the best of him in, in the sense of being overconfident. I think so. And I think, you know, with Jair, he plays an aggressive brand of football. He's not afraid to take some lunges at plays like that because throughout his career, he's able to turn around and get back involved in that play and make a play on it. He's not necessarily scared usually of getting beat deep by a guy because he has such great recovery speed and just instincts of where like, if a guy starts making a move, he just makes a ridiculously quick turn. He has insanely fluid hips and he just speeds right back and gets involved in the play. I think we saw in this game, uh, a couple of times where he was just a bit over aggressive and it's not necessarily out of his DNA again, to be aggressive, but I think he just came up hard looking for that pick, wanting to make a massive play. And I'm sure to some extent for some of these guys like Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander, and some of these guys who are used to winning, like they, they're, I'm sure taking it on themselves to be like, I got to be the guy that makes the big play. I got to get a pick six. I got to get points on the board. I got to get a sack fumble, et cetera. And when you start doing that, you start going outside of what you're capable of doing sometimes. And um, I, I actually thought at first glance, this game was a really rough game for Jay Alexander. As I went back and watched it, there's the two big plays outside of that. I was going to say, well, I, I'm right there with you. Like going back and looking at it, he actually played a fairly decent game in a game that, again, his aggressiveness and his physicality really shone through in a good way in a lot agreed. of, on a lot of these plays. Totally agreed. And again, that's his brand of football. I actually thought that was one of the, the best brands of football for Jair of being aggressive and being um, a little bit more physical in the run game, coming up and making yes. a couple plays on the screen passes, obviously coming up with the huge, you know, kind of game winning interception uh, right. as well. So you don't get to necessarily just smooth over to like 50 yard bombs that are, you're giving up in coverage. I also do think to some extent Jair is going to play, and I know it wasn't man-to-man on the plays, but he's not getting help on those plays. He's single right. coverage on those plays. They're going to trust Jair with a lot of that. And sometimes that's the cost of doing business. Like the, the guy, I don't care if it's Nikhil Harry or EQ or some guy off a of practice squad, those guys have talent too. And at some point you're going to get the ball thrown your way and you're going to get beat because you're on an Island play after play, after play, after play. And again, that's the cost of doing business. And one of the things as, as tough as it sometimes has been in this game, giving up two huge plays with Jair, I love the fact that he's just like, ah, whatever, I'm going to go out and play better next play and ends up with a huge pick at the end of the game to kind of amend for uh, atone for all of it. Yeah, and you you mentioned Kenny Clark and it was fascinating to me how very in like clearly involved and physical he was early on in this game. Um I thought that felt away fell away a little bit in the second half, but then it was weird because it seemed to kind of rise back up in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's really fascinating to me that the the moment the calendar switches to December Suddenly there's Kenny Clark like and I'm not saying like this was his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was certainly better than we've seen from Kenny over the course like the last month or so. It really was. And it was nice to see. And I know 
I know Rashawn Gary being out plays a part in this. I know he's been seeing consistently more double teams, which understandably so. Who else would you want to double team other than Kenny Clark on that defensive front right now? I know that plays a part as well. Uh, but for, I would argue, even despite all of that, even if you just took his reps in one-on-ones over the course of the last month or so, that was probably one of the toughest stretches of Kenny Clark's career, just because he's constantly no been good throughout the yes. course of his career. Like You just right. don't see him go through that. Um, so to see him kind of come back in this game, play a more physical brand of football, reset the line of scrimmage a few times, get some tackles in the backfield. I think I either, I think he drew a holding penalty or at least if he not, did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, in the third quarter towards yeah, the end. Of the so third like quarter, yeah. that, that's the Kenny Clark that we're used to. Right. And uh, Kenny's not quite ever been that guy. That's going to be like, Hey, like 15 sacks and anything right. like that, but he's constantly disruptive and constantly the guy that you have to be aware of. That's what we saw out of Kenny in this game. And it was definitely a pre- breath of fresh air. Um, speaking of the defensive line though, I want your take on this because I'm very intrigued. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I've ever seen a situation like Devontae Wyatt's. It's where you, bizarre to me. You've got a first bizarre. round pick. Someone the team obviously felt very highly on. I would say he played he plays what eight or He's nine playing snaps well. He played nine snaps yesterday. Eight nine. or nine snaps every game. He can't get into that 10 snap. And like three of those nine plays every week, like a third of his snaps are either a disruptive play, something that makes you go, oh, oh, Resets wow. the line of scrimmage. Resets, or like just takes advantage play. of a single block. Yes. It's, yep. it's, but he can't get over nine snaps, which I know the technique's not there. I know there's some things he needs to work on, but like this is not a guy that gets in the game and you're like, wow, this guy looks like a bum. Like, don't play this. Like, he looks like he should play more. What's baffling to me, and look, I know if we had Jerry Montgomery on Truth Serum, he would talk about the guy being a vet and having played so many snaps with Kenny, et cetera. But it's like, why is he not playing over Dean Lowry more? Like, and it's like no shade to Dean. Dean's a lunch pail guy and he brings it. And I, I do not fault his effort, but man, all you got to do is turn on the tape to see the upside with Wyatt. Like it's there for everyone to look at. But he only gets, like you mentioned, like eight or nine snaps a game. At what point do you say, and here's the other thing, he's an older rookie. It's not like you got some spring chicken like you did when you drafted Kenny Clark, who you knew you had boatloads of time to develop. Like this kid, you know, he's an older rookie. Let's get him on the field, especially now. That's the other thing. Like if the defense was firing on all cylinders and you were worried about upsetting some chemistry that was vitally important to your possible continuation in the season where your defense is really kind of dragging you along to the playoffs. I'd understand, but this season is essentially over though. I know there's still a lot of ball game left as far as never tell me the odds when it comes to playoff hopes, but this season is pretty much over and you're still trotting Dean Lowry out there to get run over and pushed around. And it's like, can we get the kid out there and let him develop a little bit, especially over the course of this last month? I, yeah, I don't know, man. It, to me, that is a complete mystery. I hope maybe Brian gets asked about it today because, good point. like he's like you mentioned, he's the, one of their first-round picks. And it is now December. And for whatever – and he's playing well when given opportunities, but he can't get on the field. And I have no idea why. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's, there's three defensive linemen on this roster that are basically going to be locks for the team next year, and that's Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, and TJ Slayton. TJ Slayton. Yep. Play those three guys. thousand percent. Those I, the three guys totally. Slayton had a good game, too. He did. Really good. Four straight weeks that I had him great in the positive. Like he, and, again, limited snaps as well, but like exactly. he just keeps doing good stuff. I, I It's a mystery. But Reed and Lowry keep getting thrown out there, and I think Reed's played better these last couple weeks, but – Man, would I be? I'd be throwing Slayton and Wyatt out there as much as possible. Agreed. That's just me. That's just something I'm into. Um, let's look at the uh, offensive side of the ball. There's the biggest frustration in this game, in the sense that they score 18 points in the fourth quarter. Everyone's excited about Christian Watson. It's all very fun until you remember the first three quarters. And to me, the biggest frustration is okay we get to the fourth quarter and we score these points who knows what would have happened earlier in the game if they could just extend drives. And of course I'm talking about hero ball here. I had someone come at me on Twitter this morning about, Oh, it's just a lazy take. Call it hero ball. Look, if you take a calculated risk at some point in the game on third and short, totally get it. Aaron's done it his whole career. I understand. But when you are continuously missing the broad side of a barn, deep on third and short like three times that's hero ball that's just hero ball and it killed this team early in this game in the sense of if you just pick up the first down this is not a good defense this is not a good football team you can move the ball as you've shown all day long just extend the drive stop trying to take your hero shots drives me insane i was on the the radio today with with mike heller and your guy billy schmidt and uh I said almost the exact same thing to a T of like every once in a while in moderation, I love those, those play calls in moderation because you very rarely get, you know, some, some single high man-to-man cover certain looks. looks. Yeah. And a lot of the times you get them on third and one, fourth and one. And I don't mind you wanting to take a shot against that every once in a while. The issue is that everyone besides the announcer in the game <laughs> is now aware that on third and one, the Packers like to go deep and take those shots and not necessarily move the ball. They're not tricking anyone anymore. Teams are well aware of it. And even if even if they're not, you're not hitting on those plays, as you're mentioning. And this is a team that, and we go back to just what we expected out of this team coming out of training camp. You thought that this was going to probably be more of a ball control offense, maybe a, a defense led team, which obviously took a hit when Gary goes out and teams like players just didn't live up to expectations. But like at some point, move the football, get Give your, your first defense down. a chance, baby. Give your yeah. defense, that's exactly complimentary football. Keep them off the field, complimentary football. But we've, we've talked about this on numerous occasions, Aaron, like, this is not a team in any phase that likes to eat its vegetables. It's like, no. it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't not like to stop all. the early downs to get into third and long. No. It doesn't like to pick up the third and ones. They'd rather take a shot down the field. It doesn't like to, you know, do the simple stuff on special teams that can set you up. It's just like, everything's got to be like, 
you know what, you know, we, we could have this like, okay thing, but like, we've got a one in 30 chance at doing something spectacular. <laughs> Amazing. Let's take that one in 30 chance at doing something spectacular every time, because that one time it hits, it's going to be awesome. And well, and like- that's the thing, right? I mean, everyone <laughs> would, well, is probably howling listening to this about the shot to Watson against the Cowboys, right? That's, yeah. that's a touchdown on third and one where, yep. yeah, great. In and that's a straight shot. And this is my point though. Like you're continuously doing it in a insanely windy environment, by the way, that's the other thing. Like every time they cut to the ref and his pants are like billowing in the wind, maybe that gives you a clue that yeah, it's a little windy today. Possibly maybe the deep shots aren't really going to be all that effective, but man, you you say all that. And look, you still watch Aaron Rodgers work his magic there in the fourth quarter. And the idea that, you know, Oh yes, I understand people clamoring for Jordan love or to have you, but it's still Aaron Rodgers team. And, like that fourth quarter was a perfect example of he finally settles down and starts to, he even mentioned it. Like there's that third down right before the end of the third quarter where he hits Christian Watson on third down up the left sideline for a somewhat easy completion. And it seemed like from that moment on, he really settled in, just ran the offense and lo and behold, they moved up and down the field and they scored points. That's what's kind of frustrating. The sense that like (laughs) when you see him operate the offense, it's like, yeah, Amazing. No, it's incredible. And that, that like that's the thing that's frustrating, right? Is like if we saw, and we, we've talked about this as well, but like if we saw for the last three seasons, even at, at times this season, where like you run the offense and it's not working, you'd be like, Yeah, dude, dude, go off. Like go get, get go nuts, roll, <laughs> do your own thing, put your Superman cape on by, <laughs> by all means. But like for three and a half years, we've basically seen this offense when it's run effectively, run like clockwork, and it's just like just just run the offense, but I don't know, man. I'm just a buffoon. I don't know anything. (laughs) But, uh, and also I have to give a shout out to A.J. Dillon. Yes. Uh, A, I love the fact that he uh, is trucking people these last couple weeks because it has been a few weeks in a row now that he has just kind of come to life. And I also love his explanation of, you know, finding out that you're a new father, giving him the strength and the the attitude to go. I'm like, man, you better get it all out now because once a baby comes, you ain't getting any sleep. And yeah, all that strength and positive energy is going to be dissipated. So... Take advantage of it now, young man. But, um, yeah, A.J. Dillon, I mean, just showing how valuable he is and the sense of Aaron Jones gets nicked up. It's pretty awesome to have a guy that you can turn to in A.J. Dillon who can be as effective and not just kind of between the tackles, but you saw him operating on the perimeter. You saw him catch the football and get yards after catch and knock people over. I mean, he is an absolute joy to watch when he's kind of on brand and getting the football. And that's the thing. These last couple of weeks, it's like, yeah, there's AJ Dillon getting the ball. He's a, he's a classic back in the sense of he's an old school throwback guy who needs touches, needs carries. The more he gets it, the more effective he is. And I know that's a real tricky balance when you've got Aaron Jones, but man, I don't think you need more evidence in the last two weeks to show you if you get him the ball a number like 10, 12 times, he's going to produce for you. You get him the ball a number of times, the defense will wear down. He will not, right? Like exactly. That, that's it's a million percent what it is. And I've I've floated this hypothesis in the past. Like I actually do think there is something to the fact of like AJ Dillon actually, you know, and him getting the eight or so carries actually can sometimes take away from the momentum that Aaron Jones has going just as he starts getting going all of a sudden right. it's Dylan's time. And then like Dylan getting like his touches, like not getting enough touches is hurt because of Aaron Jones. It almost feels like the presence of both of these guys that you want to get on the field and use both of them 
is almost like hurting the other one. That's where you talk about that very fine balance. But um, I think Jones is going to be, you know, good with almost any touch that you give him. But AJ Dillon is definitely somebody that is a momentum based runner and he gets ingrained in the game. And again, it's, it's the classic power back where those first, you know, couple quarters might be two yards, three yards, one yard, two yards. And, but by the time, man, third, third, fourth quarter comes around, all of a sudden it's 15 yards, 20 yards. And guys your, getting out of the way. I was just going to say, and to your point, like, and it's so astute, the fact that everybody on that football field on the defensive side of the ball is sick of trying to tackle him by the Thanks time down. the fourth quarter comes around. And he's like, yep, I could do this all day. Like, it's <laughs> so fun to watch. And he's just plowing through dudes. Uh, speaking of the running game, how did you uh, kind of assess the job that Zach Tom did? Because it was interesting to me, you know, for a guy who clearly got the call on Friday when Bakhtiari goes down with an appendectomy of all things. Um, I thought early in the game, he was a little shaky. And then as the game went on, you could really see him settle in. And I don't think it was teaching tape or anything, but I thought you really saw him improve as the game went on. Yeah. I really like Zach Tom. And I think if you were to like adjust, like adjust his Madden sliders or look at him, right. <laughs> right. His, his strength is just not quite there yet. He needs yep. to put on some physicality. He's not a mauler in the run game by any means. He just yep. needs to add some functional strength. But some of the other things in his slide, the awareness is way up and like just like his agility, his footwork, like all the other sliders are not, maybe not maxed out, but they're pretty darn impressive. And I, I think the thing that, that, you know, just his football IQ, his ability to pick, pick up twists and stunts that we saw from like oh, training camp right away, like he just doesn't panic in those situations. Um, he, again, his footwork, where he places his hands, like the guy just knows how to play offensive line. You add that with some of the agility and the quickness that he has. Like, I, I just think he's a really fun player to watch. And man, if he can just get a little bit more functional strength from year one to year two, uh, I think they have a long-term starter on their hands. I'm very excited about him. Totally agree. And I'm fascinated to see how this offseason plays out, say, when they come back and see if they find a spot for him. You know what I mean? Because, like, we've seen him bounce around kind of all season. I mean, going way back to camp. Yep. I'd love to see him kind of take ownership, give be given a spot and get to take ownership of it. Because, you, like you said, he's fun to watch. What Like, gut feel, what do you think his best position is? <sighs> Honestly, I either tackle – and I don't know, like, that there's an obvious opening for him there. And that's kind of the problem, right? Like, I, I get him at guard because you look at him and he looks naturally like a guard because yep. he's on the shorter side. But I think he's a better tackle. But I don't know that he's ready to dis – he's obviously not going to dis displace Bakhtiari if Bakhtiari's back. Um, and I don't know that he's ready to displace Nyman either. No, you know, so – but a lot can happen in a year. I mean, who knows? come back next season who who knows what the summer looks like but but yeah i th i think tackle what do you think left tackle I, I think i think he looks the most natural at left tackle i would be intrigued i don't think they'll they'll do this because i don't think they'll move myers but i would be a little intrigued at what he could do at center um right. that would be semi-interesting to me but uh left guard i think there's a possibility too but he to me he's looked the most natural at left tackle and um you know, in, inside he can get bull rushed a little bit more and he has to go a lot more against 300 10 315 pound guys the, the ed and, olivers of the world that exactly. that game still imprinted on my brain <laughs> that was a tough outing 
Yeah, big time. But like you start going to the outside and getting some more, you know, outside linebackers that are in the 250s, 240s, 260s range, I think you can handle that a little bit better. Um, I, I agree. I think this offseason, the offensive line going to be extremely interesting with the Bakhtiari decision, Elton Jenkins right. being an unrestricted free agent, maybe moving some guys around. What do you do with Zach Tom? I'm sure they'll draft another handful of guys because that's just what they do. What like, they do. It'll be very interesting. It was, it was fun to watch yesterday. I mean, I know the thing is, is like, you're always kind of caveating it in your head, right? Like, it's not like he's going against a murderer's row of pass rushers yeah. yesterday. Like, we understand that. But it was fun to watch, like, how much time Rodgers had in the pocket when they were going up straight five-man protection. Like, it was classic, like, Rodgers standing back there, having his time to pick out whatever he wanted to do, and there's a classic pocket, and Zach Tom is the left tackle. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I don't care who you're going against. It's the NFL, and, like, your quarterback is was not was not sacked all day, was basically not hurried all day, and your offensive line, including your rookie left tackle, stood up. So, yeah, that to me that was a lot of fun to watch. Before I I let you get out of here, I, I want to mention something that Rogers touched on in his post game press conference. Just because we always kind of joke about special teams, what have you, we just want competence, blah blah blah, and it kind of loops back in with what you were talking about in the sense of there's the fine line of guys wanting to make a play, right? And Aaron mentioned Keyshawn Nixon and how throughout his time in Green Bay, and I completely understand this, he has always been thinking during kickoffs while the ball's in the air, just just kneel it down. Just don't take it out of the end zone. Just just, just let it, like, don't try Absolutely. anything. Yeah. And he has been telling Keyshawn before each kickoff, like, man, bring it out. Bring it out. Because you do feel it. When Keyshawn's got the ball in his hand, the 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 momentum, the energy, the desire to make a play, the electricity, I don't know what you call it, but he's got it and you can feel it. And it is just fascinating to me because it goes back to a conversation I had with Mark Tauscher this past offseason where the mentality shift of just don't screw it up versus I'm going to make a play. And it's like Ty Montgomery wanted to make a play against the Rams back in the day. And you saw how that turned out. But some guys actually do make a play consistently and when you find one of them it's so exciting and they definitely found a guy like that in Keyshawn Nixon yeah I totally agree I think it was Matt LaFleur that said Keyshawn Nixon definitely doesn't lack for confidence like he, <laughs> no, he does not lack way. for confidence right. like doesn't matter if he's playing slot corner if he's a gunner on special teams or a flyer I guess um doesn't matter if he's kick returning like he's just got it he's got the confidence um awesome interception at the end just a, a ball that probably Fields was just trying to fill in at the end it didn't really matter all that much but still a nice pick and he's just a, like you need more Keyshawn Nixon's on your team and like again he's not a guy that's gonna get awarded any pro bowls he's not a guy that you know maybe as a returner like that maybe he could maybe, get there yeah. as a returner but if he has a full um, year doing of, it maybe yeah. yeah exactly but um still you need guys like that you need guys like Rudy Ford who had a little bit of a tougher game this week but you he just did. need those yeah. guys who um, are willing to tackle that don't lack confidence that are going to do everything they can to make plays. And um, I've really enjoyed having both Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon on the team this year. Well, and a perfect example is Nixon is basically, I'm not going to even say at fault, but he's beat on that fields touchdown, right? Like yeah. he's in, he's in a great position to make a play there and fields is just an excellent, amazing athlete and makes a play. Those guys are paid too, but you talk about a guy who doesn't let it affect him. I mean, Nixon comes back out for the rest of the game and plays lights out, you know, and has a really he good did. game and, that's what you need, and it's it's very much a Jair Alexander mentality where, yep, I got beat on that play. I'm going to go win this next play. And, man, you see that from Nixon 
down in, down out, whether it's defense or special teams. And to your point, they need more of that. Across and the- really, really quick too, like with that, with Nixon and Jair, to, to be fair to both those guys, even when they're making mistakes, right? Like Malafleur has been very, very they're making clear. them a oh, thousand yeah. miles an hour. Make him a thousand. Rudy Ford has made some mistakes. He's made him yep. at a thousand miles per hour. Same with Jair in this last game. Same yep. with Nixon when he made his. You're going to make mistakes. Make them fast because what's going to happen in other plays of the game? You're going to recover a fumble if you're Rudy Ford. You're going to pick off a pass if you're Jair Alexander. You're going to pick off a pass if you're Keyshawn Nixon. If you're consistently playing that way with confidence and with speed, and you're reacting like reacting rather than thinking through things. Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? You're going to play a better brand of football overall. And there's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some mistakes, but there's going to be some explosive plays out of it too. And if that's the way, and I, I agree with Matt LaFleur's mentality, but if that's the way that he wants him to play, well then kudos for Ford and Nixon and Jair for playing that way. A hundred percent. I mean, you're a reflection of your head coach, right? Yeah. And if you're taking his message on board, that's what you want to see. You're a reflection of your head guy. Totally agree. I'm a reflection of Andy Herman because he covers the Packers like no one Every else. Back in day podcast and, everything at Packer report and everything on his Twitter account, make sure you're consuming all his work. Andy, I can't thank you enough. We'll be doing this again in two weeks because there's no game next week because of the bye week Obviously I hope you do something fun with your off weekend and uh, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Can't wait. Thanks so much, Aaron.